Rallycross Conversations, chatting all things dogs and running. Join me, Michelle. Me, Louise, as we chat to guests and experts about dogs and running, sometimes whilst we are out running. Welcome to this week's Canicross Conversations. Now, this week, Michelle and I thought we would talk to you about starting out in Canicross. With the beginning of the Canicross season just started, and I know Michelle's the same, we've had lots of people starting to take up Canicross. And so we thought, if you're still in doubt, uh, whether it's for you and for your dog, that we would talk you through it. Um, so that's what we're going to do today. Yes, it is a very busy time of the year, isn't it? It's a it's a nice time for the dogs to be out running again now the weather's cooled down. And I don't know about you, Michelle, but I've had lots of really enthusiastic people that have just, you know, come away at the end of their session with a big smile and like excited to sort of carry on. And um, yeah, so it's been really good the last month. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's brilliant. I, I love this time of year. It's like you say, people come along a bit worried um, almost about what it's going to be like. That The dog won't pull, that they've got a very reactive dog who won't be able to do it. Um, and yeah, the smile on the face at the end, it's just brilliant when they realise, oh, this might be something we can actually do together. So what what do you find that people's I mean, because we 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 get an inquiry and we have a little bit of a chat with that person. What do you find that the people's most are most worried about um to be honest recently for me i've had a lot of inquiries from people who have rehomed dogs and the dogs are very reactive and they've perhaps heard that canny cross might be something they can do together um and they want to explore that but they're, they're very nervous about whether it'll be okay particularly as i'll be there with my dog um so that's all that tends to be a worry that's cropped up a lot more recently Interestingly, I had a Canicross taster session the other day and I give them the option of Pickle being there or not, depending on what their dog's like. And this person chose not to have Pickle. I, like you, knew that it would have probably been absolutely fine with Pickle. Um, but there was two of them there, so the the, the, the husband was running. <clears throat> so made up for Pickle, really. And I didn't have to do as much. <laughs> so there is always that option if you're a bit worried about how your dog reacts with other dogs. But I think once you go through the process of trying it out, I think then you sort of get that little bit of comfort. And as we know from, I'm going to put you on the spot here now, um, Michelle, <laughs> she looks, <laughs> we had an episode with, um, it was with Hannah regarding. Um, it was reactive dogs and canny cross, wasn't it? Yeah. And, and we learned loads then, didn't we, which I've taken into. Yeah, that's episode nine. That was quite early on. Um, and it was a really interesting episode about how reactive dogs can benefit from Canny Cross. Yeah. Um, and also just how we can help just learn to read their warning signs. Yeah. And little um, tips as well. Just sort yeah. of, so actually a lot of my dogs that I train are reactive. And so we, we you know, if we go out on a run with a lot of others, we sort of sort that all out and everyone is aware as we start the run or before we start the run. So it is really good. We know it's really good for Cancross dogs. So if that's your worry, um, you know, come and have a have a taste session, which we'll talk about later. Um, and um, yeah, give it a go. The the ones that I get, um, I, I mean, I think there's a few sort of normal ones, but I'm too unfit to do it, mm. or I can't yeah. run very well. I hear that quite a lot as well. <laughs> Yeah. Which, go, go easy on me is, a, is, a, is often a request from people coming to a taster session. 
It's kind of not about us, but going easy on them, though, is it? It's about the dog going easy on them. (laughs) As I've often heard shouting at my dog, didn't you listen? I wanted an easy run today. (laughs) (laughs) But but actually, it's a great way to, even if you think your dog is really fit, then they might not be harness fit. So it's a great way for them to get fitness as well. And, And, you know, we can do the catch 5K which I've, you know, I've done a course on that and that's been really good with people when it builds your confidence and your dog's confidence and it gets you fit. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I don't know about you, when I run a taster session, we probably were running no more than about two miles and it's quite stop start because we'll, we'll run a bit. We'll, we'll have a bit of a walk while we chat through some of the commands we need to teach. We'll run a bit more. um, We'll do a bit of left and right practice. So it's not, it's not even a, a full-on continuous run no that, that that is so true that's exactly like mine we we don't even walk and chat we stop and chat yeah yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah so that's that's definitely um and I also think when you are canny crossing you're so focused on your dog you actually forget about yourself and how you're feeling so that sort of takes away um sort of the worry of it I think so fitness isn't a problem and we can walk and canny and canny trek so you know there's sort of you can still get out there with your dog and start yeah. to build up your fitness so it's a brilliant way and as we often talk about it's um, your personal trainer <laughs> indeed let's just go back to that phrase you used earlier that some of our listeners who are new to canny cross might not understand you said your dog might be might not be harness fit. Um, so let's just chat about what we mean by that. So obviously, when you might your dog might have been running for a long time with you um, off lead, might be quite happy, you know, run ahead, probably cover many more miles than you. But once you get your dog into harness um, in proper canny cross equipment, your dog is is pulling. Um, and, and the weight of you behind your dog is kind of giving that it's like resistance training for your dog. So we do need to build dogs up to that, don't we? Yeah, definitely. And uh, that takes time as, as it, with anything new that we do, we ha- we build up slowly. So, yeah. So so don't worry if you're not um, if you think you're not unfit, get my words out, um, that your, your dog's going to have challenges as well. That sounds awful. That's the wrong word. I don't mean challenges. It's going to, it's a new thing. So it has to learn a new thing and experience new things. So, yeah, I think the whole thing is that it's a new exercise and you learn together. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I mean, that kind of brings us nicely onto the next one. That when your dog is pulling nicely into a harness that's well fitted, which we'll chat about in a bit. Um, there's there's the worry that dogs will pull over their owners, isn't there? That's a frequent one. And to be honest, that has only ever happened once in one of my sessions. And it was very, very muddy. So <laughs> I thought you were going to say it was very, very funny. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I won't. Yeah, let's not go into that. <laughs> I have been pulled over by Pickle. Um, yeah before now but that was my fault because I was looking behind me because I had a a client um, and she saw something in front that she quite fancied so um, that's uh, the speed uh, the speed increased (laughs) and uh, I wasn't prepared for it Um, but there are ways aren't there you have control and obviously the commands are really really important and we we haven't done one on commands have we I don't think we have actually we haven't really chatted commands have we no, I know I've written a blog, <laughs> which is what I was sort of thinking. I know I've written a blog on commands. Um, yeah, maybe we that, can chat through them a little bit today then. Yeah, well, we, if, when we do our, the taste session bit, maybe that's um, 
the place to do it. So carry on listening because we will get to those. But it's about getting your dog for, for a lot of canicross dogs and reactive dogs. Canicross is their work. So they become focused on that. And I, and I think actually I know Pickle is much better behaved when she's canicrossing. And if I just let her run free, she'll listen to me more. Yeah, Poppy's the same. She she's always like you can see she's listening for the next command. Um, I mean, it, I don't forget the the impact that the right equipment can have as well. I mean, people are always surprised when they come and put on an actual canny cross belt. You know, they might have been wearing one of the leads that ties around their middle. Yeah, uh, which doesn't give you any control, of course, and can often injure you. There's Poppy. She's just woke up in the background. I don't want to go back. So instantly, when people wear a proper canny cross belt that's fitted around the around their hips, um, they can feel that they have a lot more control over the dog. And that's one of the first things we practice in a taster session. We get them walking hands free because that's that yeah. can be a strange thing to get used to. And we get the dog trotting a little bit and then we practice a few stops just to make sure they're confident that they can stop the dog. Yeah. And I think that's all that people need sometimes, just that confidence. And they are so comfortable because I just tell you a little story here. I've just recently walked some of the South Coast Coast Path and um, I was potentially going to have Pickle in harness for some of it. So I had my harness in my rucksack, um, but I put my harness on and I just wrapped the bungee lead around me. I forgot I had it on. I never put her in harness. So for all day, I wore my Canicross harness and I, I was just unaware of it. So they are really comfortable as well when you've got them on, if you've got it fitted right. Yeah, it's easy to forget you're wearing them, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they, they might not look the best things, but it doesn't matter when they're supporting you and uh, pulling you in the right place. So, uh, yeah, so I think you've got more control over there. So you, you, you're less likely to be pulled over. Yeah. So what about people who think that their dog is potentially too fast for them, not necessarily about them being unfit, um, but that their dog's going to be a really strong puller and they're going to struggle to keep up? I think there's a couple of things, isn't there? There's a confidence thing in yourself. So teaching them the compliance and knowing that you can um, uh, slow your dog down if you need to, knowing that you can bring your dog by your side if you need to to run together um, again we'll go over these um but the other thing is just letting yourself go with the dog yeah it's a fantastic feeling it's fun, isn't it yeah but yeah. just but you need to be in that safe environment where you know that you can you can let yourself go and ultimately they they run out of steam after a while they're going really fast <laughs> yeah mine does mine is a she's a speed demon rather than kind of an inch an endurance runner yeah I think um, so I, I, I kind of tend to go with that initial burst of speed because like you say it's fun and it's good training for me as well it gets my cadence up yeah it, it certainly does that and I and I also think I know we overstrive it a bit and we've talked about that before in, in various podcasts but we I think it makes you your running technique improve to a certain extent absolutely because you don't think about it and you're not tired and you're just well you are tired but you're not thinking about that because you're trying to keep up with your dog and, and yeah. things like that so I often find I come back with feeling a lot better having run a lot better if that makes yeah. sense yeah that makes perfect sense so um yeah but there are um we you we did a podcast called beginners running tips which we did um Michelle as a running coach gave us loads of tips so if you're really unsure and, and concerned about it then go and listen to that it's episode 16 um which so sort of strengthening and just getting yourself up to distance if that's what you're worried about first definitely 
So what do we need as a human to go and do Canicross? Apart from the kit, which we're going to talk about, um, you know, what else do we need? Yeah, I think really the the crucial thing is because we're going to be running off road, um, we just need a good pair of trail shoes that have some grip. Um, road shoes aren't going to cut it really, because especially at this time of year with the rain, there's lots of mud about. So you just need to be confident that when you put your feet down, you're not going to go sliding everywhere. And there are various, various uh, types, aren't there? I know um, Natalie on our podcast um, with the TDM uh, said she got a really nice pair from Decathlon. So they don't, oh, need she did. To, don't need to cost a fortune. They just need to make sure that you've got the tread on the bottom. Yeah. Um, because without them, yeah, that, it's a nightmare. It's an ice rink, I think, is probably... Yeah, generally, if, if you're new to trail running, um, generally... It depends on the kind of trails that you're going to be running. You know, if you're on, if you're along a canal towpath, for example, then the lugs on the bottom of the shoes don't need to be as as large. Um, but if you're running kind of across muddy fields and up on the moors, as I frequently am, I tend to choose <laughs> something with deeper lugs, really, just yeah. for some extra grip. So just think about where you'll be running, and you know, do seek some specialist advice from a running shop if if you're struggling with choosing a pair that's suitable for you yeah and i think i think that's you know if you're thinking about going into canicross uh, i think that's that's probably the most important piece of kit you as a human need yeah absolutely canicross kit <laughs> so um yeah so i think that's um so we've talked about taster sessions michelle we're both uh Canicross instructors and we both offer taster sessions so what's the advantage of having a taster session well I mean we've got all the kits haven't we so there's no investment for people if they want to come and try it they just kind of book onto a session for an hour we'll we'll fit we'll fit the kit to their dog and talk them through the commands and let them have a go at it and see see if they like it. I mean, not all dogs do take to canny cross, do they? Let's be honest. I've had maybe one or two that simply will not pull. Um, <laughs> but most dogs absolutely love it. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's an opportunity really just to come and try our box of kit and see what works for you before you invest. And actually, you've just raised a really good point. Um, some dogs won't pull. I've had that happen. Mm. Uh, because people have taught their dog rightly so not to yeah. lead. Um, and so that's been an interesting and we've I've had um Jackie just recently um but what we're doing now is when he comes out on um kind of cross socials he's starting to pull he's starting to get it so he's wearing his harness so she's trying now to differentiate between the lead using just a normal slip read to um the harness is when he's allowed to pull so it's it's kind of it's kind of interesting that you can teach your dogs that so yeah it is i had a lady book on um quite recent a few weeks ago quite recently she she said her dog wasn't pulling she'd already bought all the kits and um, she bought a dog fit starter kit um and she just couldn't get a dog pulling ahead and i said it's probably just because your dog doesn't know what to do yeah, um, and it, it was very well trained to heal. He was used to just being next to her. So anyway, we got we got Poppy on the case, and we got Poppy running ahead. And this little dog, he just went. He was absolutely brilliant. And yeah, sometimes it's just simply that the dog is so well trained, and it just needs a canny cross dog to show it the ropes. So that you know, that's another benefit of a taser session. 
um, if you are uh, struggling on your own. I also find that um, with some dogs as well, they they sort of they they've got a dog in front of them, and they start to get excited and pull, and yeah. then they suddenly realise that they're pulling. Yeah, they're not supposed to, so they stop. Um, so we we sort of have to go through that. But it, you, know, you can't do that all in one taster session. But yeah. we can give the owner some some guidance and some help with. Command. Yeah, I mean that's where the group runs come in really helpful. Yeah. The social runs, isn't it? Just to so your dogs can kind of look forward to being in that environment and. They can see all the other dogs and they know what's expected of them. Yeah, and it, and it works. It's great, actually. I was, was doing one yesterday and it was uh, it was good fun. So, um, yeah, so again, as you, as you said, we, we take all the kit, we talk about commands. So what sort of commands do we do you usually give? Um, I keep it very basic because I don't like to bombard people on the first session. Exactly. So, first of all, we talk through, we talk about having a, a slow or a steady command to slow the dog down and a stop command if we need to stop them quickly. Um, we then talk about a command to get them started. So let's go is a really popular one, isn't it? I tend yeah. to clap with Poppy because she kind of responds well to that, kind of G's her up a bit. Um, and then we have an on command if she gets a little bit distracted by smells or a squirrel or something or doesn't quite know which direction to go in if we're at a crossroads. And then we do left and right. And yeah. then we also have a bit of a chat about teaching it. Many dogs will know a heel command. Yeah. That comes in very useful if you're running downhill or on a, on a narrow path. And I tend to leave it at that for the taster session. No, exactly. Exactly the same. And I don't I talk about, as you say, side or. Pickle's very good at doing behind, so we tend to flood downhill, which is quite quite nice. Um, but I just tend to tell them through that, and then we'll work on those in social runs and things like that. So it's it's kind of nice to come out with other people and run. I think the dogs prefer it, don't they? Oh, they do. Oh, the, the noise on when I've done social runs of just the, the dogs so excited to just be in a pack. Oh, it's amazing. It just makes me so happy. Yeah, we, we sometimes meet in a village and I'm like really conscious of the fact Sunday morning yeah. <laughs> dogs suddenly barking. So it's been interesting. Um, but yeah, so yeah, so it's really important to try and get a um, get a taster session. So if you go on the DogFit website, they've got um, where we all are basically around the country. Um, if there's no one nearby, there are, there is a, I know DogFit have got quite a few videos, haven't they, for starting and, and we i've got some stuff on my website as well pause for running um i'm sure you have as well so yeah um yeah it's really, and the other good thing about the commands if you are already using some commands that work with your dog then you can carry on using them there's no sort of specific words that you should be using it's what works for you and your yeah dog. exactly it's about function isn't it and what yeah. works there's no point teaching you know overloading the dog with new commands yeah i don't need it yeah so, um, yeah, the pickle gets slow when I shout at Tata. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and we, we briefly talked about social runs. So I tend to do those quite regularly. Um, but the important things, and why we were talking about trail shoes, is we do them off-road, so we go across the country. Um, and that, you know, you've talked about mud, and, you know, it can get really muddy out there, can't it? And, that, and I suppose yeah. that's where the commands come in really important because there are times when when we get into the winter where you're just going through bogs. I mean, yeah. I know you do because when I ran with you, we did. Um, so there's a really good podcast episode we did with Sarah, episode 15, about trail running technique. So because it's slightly different. Um, but that's a good one to go and listen to. Yeah, she talks a bit about kit in that episode as well, doesn't she? Yeah. 
Um, and of, of course, we will. We are mostly running off road with our dogs. We yeah. shouldn't really ever be running on pavements with them. Um, it's bad for the joints. Um, I tend to. If I do have to go on road, I tend to kind of walk with her rather than run. Yeah, we do a mixture, but we don't yeah. do it for long. So, so that's always good. Um, yeah, and and hopefully, if you if you manage to have a taster session, then your coach or your will have social runs because as we, they're brilliant. They're the best thing actually, and I love I love doing them. Um, and we often end up having a coffee afterwards, <laughs> so everyone gets to know each other very well. <laughs> so it does become a sort of club environment, doesn't it? It's, it uh, does. It's, it's really nice so yeah again that's one thing you can always ask your coach if they're doing those and when and where um, yeah so, so that's quite good so should we chat a little bit about the kit the canny cross kit yeah have we, we? Yeah, um, so you've well you've already said about the harnesses haven't you for us yeah i mentioned the canny cross belt so there's three pieces essentially to our our kit isn't there so we've got the, the canny cross belt that the human wears um that's fitted around your hips really um often called a waist belt but only because it fastens around your waist it's very confusing that it is yeah prefer the term canny cross belt to be honest and then you've got the bungee lead which attaches you to your dog um which has got a shock shock absorber which is very good (laughs) um and those come in different lengths and i think it really depends um on what type of harness you've got on whether it's a short or long, mm. and how much control you have over your dog as to what length you go to. Yeah, and how tall or short your dog is as well. I think that makes yeah. that yeah, has yeah. a bit of an impact on lead length as well, doesn't it? Yeah, I hadn't thought about that because that that's not an issue for me. But um, I tend to run in a one point two meter one because Pickle was a long harness, and we'll talk about that. Yeah, and and, and then if I had a really long lead, I well, it it would be chaos. <laughs> I think it's probably, especially when pheasants are around. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I feel I feel that I have more comf- uh, control with her if I've got a slightly shorter lead on. Yeah. Whereas I normally run Poppy in a shorter harness because we're often kind of we're not really catch not really kind of pulling hard because we're often very tough cross country running. Um, so I've got a lot more control over her in a short harness where there's sheep. <laughs> yeah. um, so we tend to use a slightly longer lead. I use the non-stop bungee lead that's full bungee along its length which is the perfect length for that actually yeah um, I find the the shorter 1.2 meter line is a bit short I find myself tripping over a bit yeah just because she's on the shorter harness yeah but yeah it's a very individual thing isn't it, is it very individual and we sort of talked about the harnesses so so the the canny cross harness is a sort of Y shape isn't it it goes down the middle uh, um, and again, obviously, we've done the um, episode with Jason from Nonstop. That is such an interesting episode. You do need about an hour to listen to it if you're interested. Um, but there's a lot of information in there. It's episode number 27, which we recorded in May um, earlier in the year. So do give that a listen if you're interested in finding out more about, especially about the differences between short harnesses and long harnesses. Yeah. It's really interesting, wasn't it? Yeah. So I tend to start most of my, when I do a taster, I tend to give them put them in the dog fit um yeah sort of starter kit one which is a short harness so basically a short harness finishes middle of the back long harness tends to finish at the tail end yeah um and and there's lots of different and it really depends on your dog on what you're going to do um you know ultimately so i think it's always best to start off with a sort of a, a starter kit to see if it's for you you know ultimately um, yeah, yeah. and then you know as you get a bit more knowledgeable and more 
more aware of what your dog's like when it's like canicrossing as to what sort of kit, you know, the harness you need. Yeah, I mean, just to give an idea of how difficult it can be to find a harness, I had um, a taser session a few weeks ago where we tried four harnesses, four on a dog. It was so patient, bless him. Um, and we still couldn't find one that fit perfectly. So that just shows, you know, if, if you're just ordering one online, um, you do need to be careful. It is always better to go and try on. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing with running shoes for us, isn't it, really? We yeah. need to make sure they're yeah. comfortable. Um, yeah definitely worth trying some on while you've got the chance yeah so what what i found with my social runs and all my new people that are coming into them at the moment they're getting they're loving it and they're getting yeah. very addicted to coming across and, and want to do more and actually we have a really good so i'm based in the midlands and we have a really good race series here called coming across midlands um which i've been doing for a while but next week is the first race next weekend that's so the beginning of october and um I have got so many people going from from you know from our social group. That's incredible. I love uh, that. And and I will do a podcast from it because I think it will be just nice to hear their how they feel before, how they feel after. So the the joy of um, some of these organised events. Yes, you will get elite runners. You will look at them, and you you know Georgie. We talked to her. Um, what episode is that? It was five or something, wasn't it, Georgie? Um, episode uh, four. Episode four. Yeah. Um, she and she's it's worth listening to before you go to a race because she gives some really good tips but you know they go off her dogs are mad it just you know it's amazing to watch but don't be put off because they cater for everyone and there's a novice where well, County Cross Midlands do a novice race I'm sure others do as well and that's just great because it's a shorter race it's just 3k and they really look after you as you um, you go and do it, which is what you want. Because if you've got a reactive dog, there's so many dogs around, you're worried about that. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's worth it. And then all this competitiveness comes out of you. Yes. <laughs> and I mean, if you if you don't have to go to physical races either, do you, Louise? Because no. if you listen to our last episode um, with Phil talking all about Bark Life and his worldly canny cross. You, you know you can get involved in racing virtually as well with canny cross now which is just brilliant yeah and i actually think i might try and persuade my uh, social group to do that because yeah. we can race we can do something yeah, like, that's fantastic yeah doing it like that um and we are actually that's another thing we're doing at the moment we're doing john O'Groats to land's end uh, a whole group of us so there's lots of stuff you can go you know we're doing it virtually and we're all of our <laughs> canny crosses and dog walks and stuff are adding to that mileage to get us down to land's end yeah it's nice to have a bit of a goal isn't it oh it is so um yeah so i think we just wanted to just have a chat about i don't think we've we've met well we probably have missed something out michelle we probably have haven't we i mean there's there's lot there's lots to it really there is Um, but i think getting started does not need to be complicated so and i think the important things to take away are don't worry about yourself how unfit you are you know as but it's important to have a taster session because we can teach you how to do it safely get you the right kit but also build your confidence so that you build your fitness with it and um i think there's no looking back once you get into it and i'm sure lots of people are listening nodding their heads the people have been cunning for a little while saying yep no it's it's done wonders so 
And we'd like to hear from you if you've uh, been canny crossing for a while and we haven't had you on canny cross stories and whether you were really unfit before you started canny crossing and what canny cross has done for you, we'd love to know. Yeah, we would. Yeah, well, we hope you've enjoyed that. We hope you found some useful information out of it. And do let us know if this episode has inspired you to get started. If you've been listening for a while and thinking, yes, I'd like to try that. Yeah, and do get in touch, whether you're in uh, Michelle or ours areas or anyone else. Go and uh, go and find an instructor that will take you or start you on your canny cross journey. So thank you for listening. We will see you again in the next episode. Don't forget to like, share and do leave us a review. Look forward to seeing you soon. Bye.